When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate. You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people if they can become something more. Like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Theory's Finest, a podcast and resource devoted to discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I am joined by my co-host and good friend, Chris Bruffett. How are you doing, Chris? Jesse, I'm glad you asked. I'm doing great, man. I know. I am so excited to announce some stuff a little bit later in the podcast. This is a pretty exciting episode. I'm really excited to talk about Zemo. We're wrapping up our core set coverage here. I know. All these deep dives and these characters yep. in your core set. It's great because we can move on to future content. We have a lot of things planned. But on top of that, Chris, we've got some expansion characters to get into. That's right. To do these deep dives on lore and strategy we've been giving you guys. It's very exciting because all the groundwork for this game is here. And the announcements keep coming, Chris. They don't stop. They're really killing it right now. You and I are just trying to finish up our hobbying, which I like to report that's going well on both of our ends. Right. We got some awesome alternate paint schemes, both of us do, and we got some different looking corsets from each right. other, which is, I think, positive, not only because of our stream at twitch.tv slash Fury's Finest, but also just, you know, for it's flavor. It's fun. Flavor. Yep. So I've got my Spider-Man now. He's on his Coke machine. If you guys saw our social media, great response there. So thank you guys for that. He had to be rebased, Chris. He had to. I just, I couldn't <laughs> do that ground. You know, I'll put my Spider-Man up soon, but it's a black this? suit with the blue. That's right. With the blue comic book shading. Love instead it. Instead of blue with black shading. I, it's, <laughs> I, I really enjoy it. Different shades, different basings. Speaking of different basings and different shades and alterations, we'll say that. I have commissioned an Ultron from a friend. And it's looking good. You guys are going to love this thing. Ultron, you guys know, is my favorite model out of the core set. I thought the model could be even improved in some different ways. And number one, I think his basing needs to be a little more pronounced because he did just do a superhero land and there's a big crater. So expanding the crater like he, you know, like mm-hmm. he does in the movies. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm making him a little taller because I like that. He is three height. That's right. Let's represent that. But also, you know, let's make him Ultron Master of Metal. And there's more to that when it comes. That's a little foreshadowing there, bud. Got a little more of that coming. But on top of that, Chris, this is all coalescing perfectly because we had the announcement of Raid Mode with Ultron. How exciting. I can't wait. I'm losing my mind because this company, Atomic Mass Games, has done such a good job with this game. 
obviously enough for us to create weekly high-produced content. And on top of that, dropping new modes that are free for the game, which is amazing. So now we've got a supplement to Skirmish. We've got a two versus one in the With game. With existing models. Exactly. So you've got the core set. You're already going. Just you print just, that Ultron just card. Just print these new cards off. That's it. And you're going. I Like, how nice is that? I think it's amazing. And I think it's so thematic because now we're getting truly these big bad vibes. And this is what we're talking about, Chris, with our threat in these type of games. This is probably more in line with the threat what Ultron is, you know, this right. 30 threat. Obviously, that wouldn't work in the regular game because it would not be conducive to list building, but perfect for this mode. They can do Absolutely. different things in this mode with objectives, with threat, with play styles. Ultron's got a lot of superpowers on this card. He's different from the Ultron in the core set. This is all good. And I think this is also another way, Chris, that we're going to introduce people to this game. We're going to go to the store. One of us play Ultron. Exactly. The other person play one of the teams and then have a new person come in and play a team and talk them through it. It's amazing. It's way more approachable when you're not playing super competitive. Yeah, it reduces that 1v1 element yeah. that gets kind of intimidating sometimes. Right. And you're just there. You're hanging out with two buds. You're basically mm. you're playing a, a, a little bit more of a intense board game. That's right. A little more co-op-y. And I love that. And you know they're setting the stage, Chris, for all future villain releases. So that Black Order we've talked about, oh that Thanos gosh. we've talked about, and future villains we don't even know about, like give me Magneto, whatever. Oh my. This could work for so many characters. And what a great way to get into the game. And also more content that we can create in the future if our Patreon takes off in the form of videos, because I think we could create a pretty fun I think it'd be a lot of pretty fun, fun streaming and video content of raid mode. When are they gonna do a raid mode for a sentinel? Sentinel Gosh. model. That's going to be a big old model. Big old model. I want it. I want it too. Uh, let's have all the X Men fighting a Sentinel. Bring it. So, so fun. It's so exciting. And you know, this is just a great time, Chris. Like you said, we're finishing our hobby. We're finishing our corset content. Moving on to future content. It's great. And we have raid mode. So I have no complaints. If if anything, there's too much going on. I, I can't do it all. They need to slow down a little bit. <laughs> I think we're okay with it. And of course, Black Panther and Killmonger are out, like we talked about in the last episode. And Shuri and Okoye are about to come out. And it seems Venom's about to come out. A little crazy. A little crazy. Can't wait for more of that. Get into today's show because we got a lot to get through. Let's go. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy the show, consider supporting it with a monthly contributions. We'd like to thank all of our current patrons for their support. We have a new patron we'd like to give a big, very special shout out to this week. Victor B., thank you so much for signing up to the Patreon. We appreciate you very much. You are the reason the show goes. That is right. As I've said in the last couple episodes, guys, the people that are jumping on this early not only means a lot to us, but also they are laying the groundwork for future content. They're helping us save money to buy equipment for things we want to do in the future, helping us pay our bills. I mean, there's a lot of things we've got planned and the Patreon is going to make those happen. So if you consider contributing a little bit of your coffee fund or like tip jar to us every month would help us out a lot. It's just a monthly opt-in choice. So that leads me, Chris, what I want to talk about next, which is a couple of people have messaged me about this that are patrons and a couple of people that are wanting to be patrons have messaged me about this. How do we do this whole Patreon thing? So when you sign up, you get put in a list and we go through the list each episode and we announce a patron, one ep- patron an episode because we think you guys deem the single spotlight, at least right now. You deserve that fame, that moment. That's your moment. That's right. We want each of you to know that we appreciate you on an individual level. 
Right. We don't want to just blast a bunch of names out there and then and move on not have quick. any names right. next week. <laughs> so, for instance, Victor signed up some time ago, but this was the order he signed up. And so the name gets announced in that order. So if you've signed up after this, then you will come in that order. And sometimes people sign up around similar times. And, you know, so it might seem longer, but it's not. And you will always get your shout out on the show. And on top of that, we do a lot of work on this show in the way of prep and the way of writing and the way of reading and the way of playing and then the way of production. So that being said, too, sometimes we're a week or two ahead on this show. It just depends. Right. Uh, holidays, work engagements that we have where we literally have to work all week and we can't record a podcast. So things just happen and your name will always get read, which is great. If you ever had any concerns about when am I going to hear my name or when's it coming? It's coming. It's just in the order that you signed up and everybody signs up at different times. So you will always get a personalized shout out, which is great. And Chris, that leads me to our last part of our Patreon because this is kind of a special episode today. If you're listening to this and you're not a patron yet, you might have a reason to sign up a little incentive. So guys, as you know, the Venom model is on the way. I can't I can't breathe. And we are very excited about this model. We are so excited, in fact, that we want to buy it for you. That's right. We want to buy an extra one. We want to buy a third model. We want to go ahead and announce our first Patreon giveaway. That is right. We hope to do more of these. We hope to expound upon them in the future as yeah. the Patreon takes off. As of now, if you are a patron, you're already signed up. You're already entered. If you would like to enter the contest, become a patron before February 1st. And as soon as Venom is released, we will do a drawing. We will message the winner and we will be sending them a Venom model. That's right, Chris. And that day is important because we think that Venom is going to come out early February. So we need to have this done in a way before then. And we need to know who we're sending it to, what their address is. We will figure it out with you guys. It's very exciting, and we would love to send this to someone. Venom is one of our favorite models in the game currently, and one of my favorite characters in Marvel. It just seemed right, Chris. And this is the perfect time because he's not out yet. And so we really want you guys, if you haven't yet purchased him, if you're a patron, to hold off potentially because you might just get him for free from us for your patronage. And on top of that, too, Chris, we have tiers on our Patreon and of course, those of you that are in the higher tiers are going to get slightly weighted in the random number generator. So you have better chances, of course. And we have no producers at the Avenger level yet. Of course, if someone was at the producer level, they would get a lot of weight. But that's just the way it is. And we think this is going to be really exciting. I can't wait to send somebody a Venom. Can't wait to buy a third Venom because we were just looking for an excuse to buy a third Venom. That's all it was. And I can't wait to send it to somebody. You know, the Patreon takes off more in the future, like Chris mentioned. We're going to do more things like this in the future for our patrons, and maybe we even can take this step further with some painting commissions and things like that. The sky's the limit, Chris. Is you know Our Patreon is going to make these things possible. One day, you and I might even have uh, some merch for the show. I, I can't wait. Oh, it, it, it'll happen. It, these are goals we have for the Patreon, and please jump on, check that out, and get in that Venom drawing before February 1st. So exciting. We are Venom. So, Chris, as you mentioned in our intro, we are at Baron Zemo today. Not only is he our final corset character, he is our final corset villain. And boy, is he a villain. He's a bad man. I need you to school me, Chris, on Zemo's lore because I know very little other than the Brubaker Captain America stuff, which was so exciting so to see, even see Zemo. And that was so exciting. Who is this character and what's their lore? Helmut Zero, a.k.a. Baron Zemo. He's the 13th Baron Zemo. He is the son of Heinrich Zemo. He was born in Leipzig, 
Germany, Leipzig. However you say it, guys, we're trying. Last episode, your Russian was tested, Chris. Oh, gosh. This episode, your German is tested. As you know, I'm fluent in both languages. Apparently, we need to take this show one more step. We and need to start learning learn some, some languages. languages. Yeah. Helmut was, was raised believing some mumbo-jumbo nonsense about master races and whatnot. Yeah. Aryan race stuff. Yeah. He's, he's a real bad person. Helmut was originally an, an engineer. He kind of became an evil... I don't want to say evil scientist, but, you know, he became an evil engineer after his father was, quote unquote, killed by Captain America. So ultimately, Helmet would don the mask, become a supervillain to avenge his father. Similar to last week, Helmont is a skilled strategist, a skilled hand-to-hand combat participant, a excellent marksman, and a master swordsman. So all that paired with what you mentioned about being a genius engineer scientist makes kind of a dangerous combo for this character. But, you know, similar to Black Widow, similar attributes, but also different. He's not so much a ninja. He's more of just a powerful hand-to-hand combatant. I think we're going to see more of that later. Well, it kind of reminds me of Crossbones in that way. They're similar characters in that way, except Zemo prefers to use a sword, which is his notable thing, which is fun. But he also carries rifles and things. So similar to Crossbones as well, because Crossbones has used guns as well in the past. One more thing about his powers. He does have, in his mask, he has some psi tech that kind of protects him from mental tampering. Right. Which is why his mystic defense on his card is four. That would make sense. Yes, so Chris, sir. what is Zemo's history in our world and comics? So, uh, Zemo was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. He was first seen in a flashback in Avengers number four, March 1964. The character did not actually appear in person, was not identified as Heinrich Zemo, who is Helmut's father, until Avengers number six, July 64. And then Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos number eight, the same month and the same year. Helmet Zero first appeared in Captain America number 168 in December of 1973 and was created by Roy Thomas, Tony Isabella, and Sal Bushima. The first time we meet Zemo, he surfaced under the alias of Phoenix and captured Captain America to get revenge upon him for the death of his father, like Chris mentioned. He was presumed deceased when he fell into a bat of boiling, specially treated ad- adhesive X. This is the super bonding stuff. In it's the supposed to be the strongest bonding agent ever created. Ever created. As he had not been wearing his mask when he fell into the vat, his face was hideously scarred by the boiling adhesive X, giving his face the appearance of molten wax, hence why he wears the mask. Yeah, poor guy. He resurfaced later as Baron Zemo, and he was first allied with Arnim Zola's mutates. He allied with Primus and the half-rat, half-human mutate Vermin, kidnapped Captain America's childhood friend Arnold Roth in order to lure Cap into a trap. He forced Cap to battle hordes of mutates before revealing that he knew Cap's identity all along he knew that he was steve rogers man what a bad guy stuff dastardly zemo later encountered mother superior and red skull zemo underwent tutelage by mother superior and red skull so this is just bad guys all around and then kidnapped cap's friend david cox he's capturing a lot of captain's friends it reminds me of crossbones who just kept yeah abducting the same people to try to hurt the same people in the same ways at this point we see zemo's first interrogation brainwashing stuff he brainwashes david cox so the way he did this brainwashing but was by putting imagery of 
his own father battling Cap in Cap's friend's mind to basically remind him, hey, you're, you're on our side. You're, you're fighting Cap. And so once again, this never letting go of this conflict Captain America and his father had and just the way his father died and just his resentment and this type of stuff. Zemo then decided to battle Mother Superior, but was psychically overpowered. So now he's getting a little power drunk, Chris, right? It's happened before. And once again, I'm going to go back to the crossbones thing. These are similar characters. In a way, they would kind of leave. They would come to the Red Skull. Right. Have a difference of opinion. Have a fight. Come back later. Work with him again. Red Skull is kind of the underlying thread through all of these villains sure. that we got in the main, other, yeah. other than Ultron. Yeah, Red Skull is the Emperor Palpatine. And these are all the guys that work for him underneath. And yeah. yeah, they're trying to get more power, and they're also trying to please the Master and these sort of things. Most notably, Zemo formed a new incarnation of the Masters of Evil. The fourth Masters of Evil was formed to strike at, who else? Captain America. <laughs> Through the Avengers, they invaded and occupied Avengers Mansion, crippled Hercules and the Avengers butler, Edward Jarvis. Zemo captured Captain America and the Black Knight. Zemo then battles Cap, but what do you know? Falls off the mansion roof. Doesn't make it. And it just doesn't quite work out for him. Through this, Zemo's imprisoned through this failed attempt. And he's imprisoned for also abducting children and raising them as his own. There it is. Yeah. What do you know? After becoming imprisoned reforms the masters of evil the second time he reforms the masters of evil in order to go to the microverse and free a villain named goliath now during this time the fantastic four are missing presumed dead zemo sees an opportunity here to form a fake team of heroes of actually villains and really subvert the public's opinion which would lead them to be able to get away with some pretty nasty stuff. Yeah, the, he sees an opening with the Fantastic Four gone, and he's like, I'm going to make a Fantastic Four team that poses as heroes called the Thunderbolts, and the public will trust me, and I can get away with evil things. And he did. Formed the group under the alias Citizen V. So he's taken the mantle of the Citizen V, who was a hero during World War II, but his dad, ironically, killed Citizen V. So the public takes a liking to the Thunderbolts way more quickly than Zemo had originally intended. And that kind of leads to some problems because they start enjoying that heroic feeling. So upon the Fantastic Four resurfacing, coming back, Zemo and the Thunderbolts' true identities get leaked to the public. So they have to run away. Where do they run? This is Marvel. So they're going to run to space. Cosmic. Deep space. And they're going to work on Zemo's plan of conquering the world through mind control. Problem is, a lot of the Thunderbolts rebelled against Zemo with the assistance of Iron Man. And they foil Zemo's world domination schemes. He doesn't like that at all. No, he didn't. So he goes into hiding. He gets into it with who else but Captain America again. Of course. Zemo's plans have been foiled once again by Captain America and a new Citizen V. Helmet. Uh, found himself dead. New bad guys take over. He dies. But he's not fully dead, Chris. They never are. Exactly like we mentioned in our Red Skull episode earlier on in our show's history here. His essence is transferred to, to clones, to bodies. Evil That's never right. ends, basically. And this is a way they keep these characters like Red Skull and Zemo continually going through the timeline. I, I like it. It makes sense for these villains. I, I prefer them to stay around in these different forms, right? So once again, Chris... Zemo's 
alive now in his new body, but he tries to take over the world again because he thinks he can run it better. He thinks under his control, it's going to be a better place. So he's nominally a hero. Right. In a weird way. In his own. In his own way. He's trying to play the part of hero for real. The best villains are the heroes of their own stories. That's the truth. That's what he thinks he is. He's such an egomaniac that he has to be in control. And the only way for the world to be saved is for him to be in charge of it, which, of course, is ludicrous. So something, something, something Nazi stuff, more of that. And Zemo later becomes the new leader of Hydra and enters conflict with Sam Wilson, the new Cap, really close to modern day. And using the toxic blood of an inhuman boy named Lucas, Zemo plans to sterilize the entire human race and distribute a cure only to a small portion of those infected thus forcibly solving the plant's problem with overpopulation, lack of resources. This is pretty diabolical stuff. But once again, he, yeah. he thinks he's helping the world he by doing this. He thinks he's saving thing. the world. It's very Thanos-esque in a way where he's like, I'm going to wipe out a lot of life to have other people live. and right. I'm going to rule and, and help. And it's not good. At this point, he later kills Ian Rogers, the new nomad and Cap's partner we've mentioned in the past, by slashing his throat with his sword. And he sends the photo to Steve Rogers. Not very nice. No. And then later, Zemo fights Wilson to a standstill until Lucas escapes via jet plane to spread his blood in the world. This is for a cure. That's for the cure. That's right. So this was his basically last of his history. Really epic cure, Chris. We got a great story. I mean, we got all the players, Sam, Cap, Nomad. He's been around for so long. It's a very convoluted History. Very convoluted. Trent, we're saying on our show a lot, Chris, not, it's not always convoluted, but it is always intense, us figuring this stuff out, writing it out for you guys. Yeah, and convoluted doesn't always mean necessarily bad. It's just, right. it's just complicated. Well, we could keep you guys here all day, and we're not going to do that. We, we try to trim the fat. Especially with a guy like this. Yeah, we try to trim the fat. So basically, Chris, in summation, he is very similar to Red Skull. He's very similar to Crossbones, too. I would say... He's kind of in the middle between them two. Crossbones a little further down, a little more underling-ish. Sure. But he is trying to do these world domination. I know the best for the world. Can't get past his own egomaniac, like you said, or his own evil. Red Skull is more pure evil incarnate. Oh, yeah. Zemo is more like, as you said, an e- egomaniac. Egomaniac. I think, I think that's a better He's been raised fitting. his entire life being told that he's superior. No matter what he does, he is better than everyone else. Right. Even when he reforms to a certain degree. That leads him to trying to save things in a negative way. Yeah. It is amazing that he is this intelligent and has all these skills to back up, but you know, not really much in the way of superpowers. And, you know, this is a, another character who's always been tied to Cap, will forever be tied to Cap. Time and time again, we're going to see the character come back and all these sorts of things. But it's interesting, Chris, these type of characters that have been around so long and the ways they keep them in the Marvel storyline. It's, it's it's tough. Pretty huh? ingenious to do it really is hard to do because i mean even if you guys see his costume i mean it's it's very old school superhero with just the mask he's got his bomber jacket you know his military pants his sword it's it's very simple but it works because his character motivations fit within this world and fit completely opposite to captain america and that is crucial that is crucial because cap is the exact opposite with the way he views the world and what's right and wrong his moral compass what we talked about time and time again and you know there's not much more to say about zemo in the way of his comic history we've got a little bit to talk about in his mcu history though chris so zemo was pretty prominently featured in captain america civil war we did not necessarily know he was zemo right 
from the comics until the end, essentially, of the story. He's worked with a lot of the same villainous characters in a lot of the Avengers films as well, namely Age of Ultron, like at the beginning when, when they are in Europe. But it is pretty interesting the way they use him, Chris. This is his time to shine. He is Bucky's foil on this. He's evil interrogator he's playing both sides he's a double agent you think he's good and then you realize he's not he's actually trying to reactivate bucky's bad 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 boy bad bucky (laughs) bad buck he's got the codes to you know flip bucky into the dark side it's only appropriate chris that we did black widow last episode and that we had a lot of her trauma and a lot of her brainwashing and the red room and all this type of stuff well zemo this is kind of flipped in different ways, but he did a lot of that to Bucky in this. He's the type of person that inflicted that trauma on That's right. these other characters. And he's the type of person that would have been running the Red Room had he been in Certainly. Soviet Russia at the time. He is the evil person that allows these evil things and even drives these evil things to happen oh, that's to good people. And I like how they're doing it in the MCU because, of course, he's not killed in Civil War or anything. He does get away, so... This is pre him donning the mask, pre potentially the accident, pre some of his tech he has and, you know, his sword fighting and stuff. So I'm interested to see what they do with that. So before we get into that, he's briefly shown in Black Panther. Once again, this is one of those things we always mention where even if it's just a picture of a character or they're they're mentioned in passing. Right. That's the case in this. But most importantly, Chris, coming to the present with Disney Plus. Very excited. We've got the Falcon and the Winter Soldier disney plus show and zemo is going to be one of the prominent villains featured in the show against them with how good the mandalorian was i have very <laughs> high hopes for this show i couldn't agree more and i've never been more excited because i would love to see zemo as a villain too and what a medium to do it chris this this is more appropriate i don't think he necessarily gets his own film like a thanos or an ultron he needs his own film but but his own little series this might even be more we get more of him than some of these other villains and you know he's the kind of character that almost requires more development and i he think does. i think a television series is perfect for that well and he's very like scarecrow-esque in batman where he is two characters in one you know right. like scarecrow is you know the doctor and he's also scarecrow and it's zemo is very much like that we saw him in his non-super villain form in civil war where he's just doing all these evil things as a regular looking person, but he had not donned the mask yet. He had not planned right. all his world domination yet. These type of things. I think we're going to see that in this, this show and I'm excited and I'm excited to see the costume. How cool would it be if they give us a Thunderbolt show? That would be cool. And the way they tile this together, like Zemo playing that game, yep. with the Thunderbolts, who knows, Chris, I am very excited about this in this corset crossbones and Zemo are the characters that people know the least. So I hope we're shedding some light on for you guys. And also, I just hope it gets you more hype to play these characters oh, in yeah. the game. Because I was shocked to see these in the corset when the game was first announced. I was right. like, I know who those guys are, but that's a little bold. And I like that because they fit the game so well. And we're about to get into that. But more Zemo's good because he is a good bad guy. Well, and he, it just goes to show us that it, this is really going to be a game based on something we say repeatedly based on the best parts of the MCU, based on the best parts of the comics. That's right. This isn't an MCU simulator. It's not favoritism in any way. Including characters like Zemo and Crossbones. Yes, they were in the MCU movies. Right. But they were really, really, really in the comics. Oh, yeah. And we even take that curveball even further, Chris. I mean, the first expansion of this game was Hulk and MODOK. Right. And MODOK, I mean, 
is in the exact same boat as these two, if not more, because he has not been in the films yet. Right. So, like, they really are digging down deep, really pulling out these great villains. It's wonderful. We need, you know, equal heroes and villains in the game. And they're going to do some more pulling of villains, especially because there's so many in the comics that have not come to modern culture and film yet. But I say yet. We got Zemo coming soon. This this. might be... One of the avenues that some of these characters take off in. Yeah, that that TV show, animated and live action TV show format, I think, is going to be really good for some of these. We might get Modoc in that format. We just entered a new decade. It's Who knows? just like how Iron Man rose to prominence in the in the two thousands. That is right. We're gonna see some new characters rise to prominence. It's very exciting, Chris. So last part of our lore section, we always do it. If you're interested in Zemo at all or learning more about this character, what is something that people can read, Chris, on the side of comics? Like all of our recommended reads when it comes to the villains, it's going to be a little more sparse. Of course. But what I'm going to want you guys to look into is Avengers number 273 through 277, and then just read the Thunderbolts. Just do it. Just type in Thunderbolts and start. Yeah. And I'll piggyback on you there too, Chris, and say... We've recommended the Brubaker cap stuff a lot. It's awesome. If you haven't read it yet, what are you doing? You should do it. I'm so happy I did. And Zemo pops up in that as well, because a lot of the Brubaker stuff, which is so ingenious, is flashbacks of the past. So Zemo's father and even some stuff with Zemo. It's excellent. So he pops up there as well. So you just can't beat it. Those are pretty good recommendations, Chris. But I think we've got to move into strategy and zemo in this core box let's do it so like normal you can follow along at home with your zemo card or on our social media where i post photos of these characters cards and we're just going to go straight through zemo's card and then talk about some strategy chris his name is baron zemo his alter ego is helmet zemo pretty simple chris let's get into his stats he is five stamina long move that's big height of two standard and a threat of three. His defense reads like this. Three physical, three energy, four mystic. Anything stand out to you, Chris, about Zemo stats? Three. Three big standouts. There's some big ones. Go ahead. He is the long mover. Certainly. I love that about him very much. He is our third long mover in the core set, and our third that we have discussed in the show so far. This is very notable. We've talked about this time and time again. This is an objective-based game. He's getting to the objectives. He's going to get there, and he can get away. Absolutely. Almost as important. Maybe more important. The next thing that really stands out to me is threat three. Yeah. He matches crossbones there. He can fit into some lists. He can fit into some lists, and this game's going to continue to grow, Chris, So we've talked about. We're going to get more extract and secure objectives, Mm -hmm. and they're going to have different levels of threat. We already have a 20 in the game. We might potentially have one that's higher than 20. We might even have some that are lower numbers. I'm thinking lower. Lower, like a 12 or 13. And this is really when these type of characters like Zemo, last episode with Black Widow, and not too long ago, Crossbones, that's when these are really going to shine because these lower points, you're going to want to get your activation count up. That's right. You can't go into these big objective-based games with super low activations. So I'm really excited that he's a three. And I'm going to say just a mild hot take here, but I don't think it's that crazy. If there was half percentages in this game, I think Zemo might be a 3.5. 
he is one of the shining stars of this corset, and I can say that confidently. I agree. He's he makes an impact in every game he plays in. So if I us. really had to give him a threat score, I would say a three point five. And you know, in the hands of good player approaching that four range, of course he's held back from that by some of his health and things like that. He's got average defense and better mystic defense, like you mentioned in our lore section, and you know, long move, and he's got some stellar abilities not only for fighting but also for the objectives. And I just. I think he's potentially more valuable than three thread. We're going to see him in a lot of lists. Yes, we are. And the the final thing that really stands out to me is that four defense on the Mystic. Wow. What's neat? It's very neat and it's very thematic. It fits the character very much. He's got standard defense on the other two. That's right. He's not sacrificing anywhere like we see with some other characters. Right. Black Widow, last episode, we saw some sacrifices with her defense, but of course she has ways to combat that with her stealth and her counter-strike and her mixed martial arts, but it's just different. I mean, he's just solid and, you know, five stamina. And let's mention Chris on his backside. He's also five stamina and nothing changes. So he's 10 health for three threat. Fantastic. Nothing wrong with that. And I think he's going to be in a lot of lists good guy and bad alike so let's move on to his first attack his first attack is sword strike it is a physical attack it's going to come in at range two strength five it's going to cost zero power after the attackers resolve, this character gains power equal to the damage dealt but we also have a wild ability on here the wild activator is bleed when you roll a wild after this attack is resolved, the target character gains the bleed special condition. Chris, bleed is really strong. Once again, these strikes don't always have a wild trigger. It's pretty rare, so for him to have one is really neat. And bleed reads like this. The character suffers one damage at the end of each of its activations. Let's talk about this. Damage over time. Unlike stagger where your first action has to be a shake to remove the condition. You can leave bleed on you. Yes, you can. But every time this character activates, as in they take both of their two actions, they take a bleed damage. Not only is this thematic because he is the master swordsman and he's stabbing people, but it is really neat. Nice way to get little pings in for people. You make them make the decision, do I want to lose an action and shake this bleed off, patch up this bleed, or do I just take it and continue my action economy? It's great. You can present that as a question. And also late game, Chris, this gets better because everybody's teed up and little pings here and there can add up late game. Yes, they can. His next attack is Steel Rush. It is a physical attack. Range three, six strength, costs two power. After this attack is resolved, this character may advance medium. It also has a wild trigger, bleed. After this attack is resolved, the target character gains the bleed special condition. This is pretty awesome, Chris. So... This is one higher strength, one higher range, right? cost two power. After the attack is resolved, so after the dice have been rolled, this character may advance medium. So this is a extra movement for Zemo, which is great. It's pretty simple. It's just a better version of his sword strike, essentially. It's a sword strike think with movement. All, and think of all the ground he can cover with this. That's right. He can move long, get an attack in. A strength six attack at that. And then move medium. At range three, you can use this to hopscotch, leapfrog, whatever. I'm glad you mentioned this too, yeah. Range three, think about range three. It's better. Double attack and two medium moves if you have four power to pull it off. I love it. That's pretty wild. Yeah, and you know what's pretty cool about this ability too, Chris, is if you're already in the fray, 
You can steel rush with somebody you're within range three of. Then you can move medium and you can sword strike or steel rush somebody else. So it's kind of like he's running through samurai style. Right. You know, doing swipes here and there. It's great. And we've got to talk about his next ability before we even talk more about steel rush because those are his only attacks, which is great. He, you can keep his attacks in your mind. They are the sword strikes that deal out bleeds, and he's got a little bit of movement built in. But let's talk about his actual superpowers because I think it's going to make more sense. His first superpower is an active superpower called charge. Costs two power. Action. He does have to spend an action for this. It's once again, most superpowers in the game don't require an action. This right. is one of the ones that does. I'm glad we mentioned that here because it's really good. This character immediately makes a move action followed by an attack action. This superpower can be used only once per turn. Okay, now we're getting real crazy, Chris. So let's get a full move off a charge for two power. We get a full move, which is long. Long. Then, then like you said, a steel rush, which is a six strength, potentially bleed sword strike. With a medium move after. Then he gets to medium move. Right. Right. So. (laughs) Then we steel rush again (laughs) and get another medium move with another potential bleed. And that's it. That is a long move, two medium moves, and two attacks for six power right. in one turn. Yeah. That's crazy. Late game, you're going to be able to afford that. But even if you, you can't, Chris, you can charge for two right. into a sword strike, potentially get some power, right. and then essentially strike them again, the same character you just struck, and then steal rush out or whatever. You know, right. there's a lot of options, but we're starting to see his power he's not a super heavy hitter he does pretty consistent damage with these bleeds too but he has stellar movement and he's Insane. a hit and run character kind of similar to black widow but completely different in the way of he's more aggro than her we mentioned last episode there's two play styles to play her there is the getting her in the fray getting those counter strikes off you know getting that mixed martial arts in contesting objectives and there's that other version of her which is just the runner for objectives right zemo's the same way chris he can run objectives all day and not fight very much, or he can even fight and then get these free movements to an objective, grab the objective. It's ridiculous. So these characters have a lot of similarities, which is great that they're back-to-back, but they have a lot of differences. Speaking of their similarities, Chris, let's go through Zemo's next superpower. Well, let's talk about it. As a reactive superpower, it is Counter-Strike. It's going to cost you two power. It reads like this. After an attack against this character is resolved, it may use this superpower. If the attacker is within range three, roll four dice. Deal one damage to the attacker for each critical and each wild rolled. That is damage that cannot be saved. It just happens. That's right, Chris. And we said this last episode because it is the exact same word for word that Natasha has. So these objective runners are in the objective. Do you want to attack them? Do you want them to counterstrike you? These are questions you have. So pair this, Chris, with Zemo's pings from his bleed, and you really start getting these little, he does these little bits of damage here and there that you're not necessarily ready for, exactly like Natasha. So it's really fun, and once again, this is reactive, and if you can pay for it, you can do it as a reaction, which is great. His next superpower is super cool. It is called Master Swordsman. It is also reactive, cost two power. When it is the target of a physical attack or targets a character with a physical attack, this character may use the superpower. If the enemy character is within range two, this character may reroll any number of its attack or defense dice. Pretty cool. Very similar to Natasha, but inverse. We talked last week with her with her stealth. We can't even get to her unless she's within right. range three or less. 
Also with her mixed martial arts, she gets benefits from being in range too. He has the same thing, but this master swordsman is physical attacks on attack and defense. So he's fighting and parrying. It's pretty cool, Chris. If you pay this cost, you can reroll dice. And we've talked about this game and how important rerolling is, how important exploiting those crits are and getting some rerolls. This is huge. Yes. Makes him a little more defensive. Makes him a little more consistent with his strikes, which, once again, don't do the most damage in the world. But if you're getting more consistent damage off of him, that means you're, you're potentially getting more wiles and more bleeds from his sword. And I like that a lot. But I'm saving the best superpower for last, Chris. For oh, you. it is my favorite. I'm saving it for you. And this is why Zemo is probably the 3.5 I'm talking about. Threat. That's right. This power is called Strategic Genius. It is an innate ability it has always happening this character and allied characters within range two may re-roll one die in their attack or defense rolls automatically for free no cost no power yeah it just is gross it turns out in these type of games chris dice are everything and getting re-rolls is everything because it's more consistency i think this is amazing so not only is he in the fray pulling off this master swordsman, pulling off these counter strikes, charging in, moving all around. But everyone within range two of him gets rerolls, not only on their attack, but also their defense. This is why Zemo is not going to go away for some time because he's one of the only characters in the game that have this type of ability that's free this early in the game. And this gives you consistency. And think about that in your early turns. Think about rolling a death ball right. with Zemo in the middle. Yeah. And you're just keeping trying to do your best to keep every character within range two of Zemo for an automatic one dice reroll you're gonna at any that. point. Well, Chris, the Wakandan affiliation has been revealed now, and essentially the Wakandan affiliation is spin power to get dice rerolls. So this <laughs> is a free version of that. And you know, that can stack even with Wakandan, which there's even cooler things going on there it's craziness we're starting to get to the point of the game where we're going to see some really interesting themed lists oh man we're starting to be able to see lists that work together really 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 well i wonder how him and winter soldier are going to work together that'll be oh it's gonna be fun that'll be really interesting but you take zemo for his movement his amazing ability to move around the battlefield his consistent damage and he's got some nice rerolls and, and some defense but really, you're taking them for the strategic genius. This is right. worth every point of these three points. And I just think it's amazing. For someone who likes to run higher threats, big, impactful characters in all these type of games, rather than swarm armies and things like that, I love that Zemo, though he's cheap and he does fit a more wide activation list, he, and he's going to fit in a lot of wide activation lists later with lower threat people. He also fits perfectly, Chris, in a list with these heavy hitters, these MODOKs, Absolutely. these Hulks, these... He enhances them. These Ultrons and Captain Marvel, like, he enhances them because nothing feels worse than bringing one of those big characters in and just whiffing on a dice roll or whiffing on a defense. Right. He's improving that for them. There's even clear synergy with Captain America here. Oh, yeah. He is incredible in the Avengers faction because all these cost one instead of two, all mm -hmm. these superpowers. His charge costs one, which is crazy. His counter-strike costs one. Do you really want to attack him when he's got three power? You know, that's three counter-strikes if he's in range. Gross. If you attack him three different times. There's a lot of cool things with him. And of course, Chris, on his injured side, nothing changes. So he's just a solid character. I don't know what more could be said. I think he's probably the most interesting three-threat character in the game. That's not saying a lot because we don't have very many right now. And I obviously, you and I 
will go to bat for Crossbones and Dr. Mm-hmm. Octopus when no one else will because those characters get put to the wayside. Dr. Octopus with his consistent damage. Crossbones with his incredibly high ceiling of damage. Oh my gosh. They've all got their strengths and weaknesses, but what I love about Zemo and why I think we're going to continue to see him is not only he's kind of a must-play in your list at the moment because the strategic genius and just the three threat, but he's also really fun. Moving so far and moving around. Uh, hop across the battlefield while you're attacking oh, and weaving through characters. It's fun. And I know you love Crossbones, Chris, but I'm going to Zemo every time over Crossbones just because I not only like his theme better, but I also like his play style. It's kind of hard to anticipate what he's going to do on his turn. Very true. This combination of Steel Rush and Charge, and you know, we saw some things with this too with Crossbones with his overpower. These things that get free movement baked into the attacks and superpowers change the game. And just like we talked about characters that have a lot of abilities of throwing terrain, that's their strength. Zemo doesn't have that strength. His strength is movement and manipulation during the battlefield. He's also a really cool character just to get in and ping some people to death that are close to death. Absolutely. He can just rush in from nowhere. I know. Get that steel rush off and then move out. That's right. We've always talked about sometimes the best thing to do is just take the objective. In these type of characters, these Spider-Mans, Black Widows, these Zemos, they can get in and do some objective things and change the state of the board. So we can't recommend him enough, but I mean, on top of that, he's just fun, Chris, and I'm looking forward to seeing him more in the game. I don't think he's going away anytime soon. Out of everyone no. we talked about in this core set, other than our faction leaders, which are going to be here forever, he might be the guy that stays around the longest out of everyone in this core set. We'll see how it all develops. We've got a lot of models coming out pretty quick, so... The state of the game is going to change quite a bit, and I'm excited for that. We'll see how Zemo does. Absolutely, and just inversely, Chris, it's so interesting, too, to look at this game and just the characters with their threat and which team they play on and where all this fits in. I mean, we have Iron Man sitting at this three-thread as well, and he's an amazing character. Nothing like Zemo. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. They, in fact, play completely different, and maybe Iron Man might be a counter to Zemo in some ways because if he can kite him right, he can, right. He can kite him. It's just so exciting. This has been quite a journey, us going through this entire core set. And we want to thank you all for being here with us through it. That's right. We hope you guys are enjoying these devoted episodes to these characters because we think not only this game deserves high-level content and these deep dives, but we also think that it's valuable diving into each one of these characters individually, not only with the history and knowing who they are and getting more into that and getting more into the game and your hobbying, but just what they mean for the game right now with their abilities and what they mean for the game in the future. I, this core set, Chris, was really quality and really balanced. I've been loving playing with it. I love the models. We still need to talk about the Zemo model, too. Yeah, let's talk about it right now. Let's talk about it. It's He's awesome. calling people out with his sword. He's, he's calling his shot, man. <laughs> he is. It's so cool. He's commanding the battle. He's also doing, you know, just kind of the, the Megatron thing where he's standing up on a little rock and, and just mm-hmm. pointing at all his adversaries and calling him out and he's like of course he would be because in his mind he's the hero he's the hero of course he's gonna strike that heroic conquering pose yeah i can't get enough it's one of the cooler poses out of the core box without a doubt i think they did a great job on the bomber with the 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 small details i know of the the leopard spots yeah he's got his psionic headwear as well it's Mm -hmm. pretty easy to see and once again chris this is a testament to 
their strength of this game and their sculpts and everything, but this is pure comic book. I mean, it's we'll awesome. see what they go with in the MCU. They've they've hinted at some concept arts and things like that, what Zemo's going to look like, but they pulled straight from the comics. It looks great. They did a great job. Furious Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Furious Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Furious Finest. Don't forget, everyone that is a patron now and before February 1st gets entered into the Venom contest where you're going to get a Venom purchased and mailed to you. Don't miss out on that, guys. We really appreciate those of you that have supported us on Patreon thus far, and we want to reward the people that have come in this early. We are super excited to buy this Venom and get it to one of our listeners, too. I can't just wait. A little, just a little thank you, guys. We, we really appreciate you. Catch our streams of Marvel Crisis Protocol at twitch.tv slash Finest. Also catch our streams of Star Wars Legion at twitch.tv slash The Cannon Cantina. Follow the show on Twitter at Furious Finest Cast, Instagram at Furious Finest, and Facebook.com slash Furious Finest. Email us with inquiries or future show ideas at FuriousFinest at gmail.com and continue to leave us those Apple podcast reviews. We will read this content on future mailbag episodes. Once again, I want to continue to thank all of you guys that have taken the little bit of time it takes to go on to the Apple podcast store and give us a five-star review. So many of you have done that and we really appreciate it. It helps so much. It's phenomenal. And even if you just have a little bit of time and you have an Apple product, your spouse or partner does or something, jump on and just give us that review. Even if it's not written, the stars help. And we really appreciate that. And those of you that have written reviews, amazing, encouraging words. It keeps us coming back and doing all this prep for the show and this content during the week. We cannot thank you enough. We want to thank Approaching Nirvana for our intro and outro music. And please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Please help spread the word about our show. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at J-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. You can also find my Star Wars show, The Canon Cantina, on your podcatcher of choice. Star Wars is kind of insane right now, Chris. You don't say. I'm still reeling from the end of The Mandalorian, the end of the Skywalker saga, the end of a new Star Wars movie. A lot going on. There's so much. So check out the Canon Cantina. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T, where I promise to one day become a decent follow. Thanks for listening, true believers. Excelsior! has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. Mr. Barnes, I've been sent by the United Nations to evaluate you. Do you mind if I sit? Your first name is James? The receipt for your gear. Bird costume? Come on. I didn't write it. I'm not here to judge you. I just want to ask you a few questions. 
Do you know where you are, James? I can't help you if you don't talk to me, James. My name is Bucky. Ik heb een grote voor dich. Oké. Ja. Met de heer onderzoeken. Ja. Ja. Waarom wil de taskforce release this folder op begin met? Get the word out, involve as many eyes as we can. Right. It's a good way to flush a guy out of hiding. Set off a bomb, get your picture taken. You got seven billion people looking for the Winter Soldier. You're saying someone framed him to find him. Steve, we looked for the guy for two years and found nothing. We didn't bomb the UN. That turns a lot of heads. Yeah, but that doesn't guarantee that whoever framed him would get him. It guarantees that we would. Yeah. Tell me, Becky. You've seen a great deal, haven't you? I don't want to talk about it. You feel that uh, if you open your mouth, the horrors might never stop. Don't worry. We only have to talk about one. Hey, what's this? this? All right, come on, guys, get me eyes on Barnes. Go. go. Friday, can you get me a source on that outage? Sub level five, East Wing. What the hell is this? Why don't we discuss your home? Not Romania. Certainly not Brooklyn, no. I mean, your real home. Jelanie. Javoy. Stop. Zinadziet. Stop. Razviet. Mission report, December 16, 1991. 